0: Welcome to Unlearn to Learn, a podcast brought to you by the World Obesity Federation. I'm your host, Alexander. I'm the Education Manager at World Obesity, and in my role as Manager of Scope E-Learning, I oversee the development of resources to improve the care and treatment of patients with obesity. In this series, I'll be speaking with some of the most experienced medical practitioners and surgeons from all over the world. Across nine episodes, we'll be examining the prevention, treatment and care of obesity, By busting myths and focusing on the science behind obesity treatment and management. Whether you're a medical student, a practitioner, or simply have an interest in obesity and public health, there's something to be learned here. So join us. Let's get started. In this episode, we'll be talking about all things bariatric surgery, what exactly it is, and how it can help in the treatment of obesity. We'll be delving into the science behind the surgery, how it's used to treat obesity, as well as covering the potential benefits and risks that go hand in hand with this type of surgery. Today I'm joined by Professor Lillian Cow. Professor Cow is the Clinical Director of Gastrointestinal Surgery at Flinders Medical Centre, as well as an Associate Professor at Flinders University of South Australia, and President of IFSO, the International Federation for the Surgery of Obesity. Over her extensive career, Professor Cow has been involved in training surgeons in bariatric surgery, both nationally across Australia, and internationally, and has many years of knowledge regarding the subject of obesity. Professor Kow, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Alexander, and my warmest regards to all your listeners.
0: Thank you. It's a real pleasure to be able to speak to you today. So just to start with, just to go to the very basics, I was wondering if you could just tell us, for those who don't know exactly, what is bariatric surgery and what does it comprise of?
1: Bariatric surgery is also known as weight loss surgery and is aimed to assist weight loss in patients with obesity. The aim is to reduce hunger and allow a small meal to satisfy immediately and over many hours. This sharply decreases caloric intake and provides weight loss without the hunger and lack of control that diets often produce. Now, bariatric surgery has been a treatment option since the 1950s, However, bariatric surgery has undergone amazing changes since its inception. The operative procedures have progressed from open surgeries to laparoscopic, minimal excess surgeries to robotic and endoscopic approaches. The operative procedures have definitely become safer and more efficacious. The surgical options available today are keyhole laparoscopic surgery. This means the operation is performed with four to five small incisions through the abdominal wall. There are three main options for bariatric surgery. The most popular is the sleeve gastrectomy, where 80 to 90% of the stomach is removed. Then the gastric bypass, which creates a small stomach and food is bypassed into the small intestine to decrease absorption of nutrients. And finally,
0: the gastric band, which helps restrict food intake. Thank you. Interesting. Okay. So when is bariatric surgery considered to be an appropriate treatment for a patient?
1: Bariatric surgery is recommended when diet, exercise and medical treatments have failed or when patients develop obesity-related problems such as diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, obstructive sleep apnea, infertility, amongst many others. These associated conditions are life-threatening and shortens one's lifespan. Bariatric surgery is therefore considered an appropriate treatment for health reasons, for improving quality of life and for the prevention and treatment of obesity-related diabetes, high blood pressure, sleep apnea, joint problems and infertility. The common treatments for those living with obesity include healthy eating, being more physically active and making other changes to the usual habits. Weight management programs may help some people lose weight or keep from regaining lost weight. Some people living with obesity are unable to lose enough weight to improve their health and unable to keep them from regaining weight. In such cases, a doctor may consider adding other treatments, including weight loss medicines, weight loss devices, or bariatric surgery. Now, just to give an example of which of each of those treatment options may consist of. Firstly, healthy eating plans. For some, just changing their habits may make a world of difference. If a person has unhealthy habit of snacking during the day, this person, by eating only when hungry, eating only at the dining table, and cutting out snacks may make a difference. Secondly, there are weight management programs. Here, Trained weight management specialists can design a broad plan just for individuals and help them carry out the plan. These plans may include a lower calorie diet, increased physical activity, and ways to help individuals change their habits and stick with them. Individuals may work with specialists on site or by virtual contact, which appears to be norm in our COVID environment. Smartphone apps or pedometers may also help individuals track how well they are sticking with their plan. There are also weight loss medicines. This consists of drugs that work by decreasing appetite or increasing the feeling of fullness. There are several approved medications available and I would urge your listeners to seek help from their doctors for these prescription medications. The weight loss devices consist of gastric balloons placed by endoscopy, that is, through the mouth into the stomach. The balloons are then filled with either air or water once they are in the stomach, with the aim of taking up the space in the stomach to help the individual feel full. Gastric balloons, however, are temporary and only designed to stay in the stomach for not more than six months. Now we come to bariatric surgery. This includes several types of operations that help one lose weight by making changes to one's digestive system. Bariatric surgery may be an option for individuals with extreme obesity and haven't been able to lose enough weight to improve their health or keep one from gaining back the weight they have lost with other treatments. Bariatric surgery also may be an option at lower levels of obesity If an individual has serious health problems, such as type 2 diabetes or sleep apnea related to obesity, bariatric surgery can improve many of the medical conditions linked
0: to obesity. Thank you. That's really insightful. So clearly there are many other treatment approaches that are tried before going to bariatric surgery. I suppose what I'm interested to know then is at what point is that decision made that, okay, this patient needs bariatric surgery? At what point is it decided these treatment plans are not effective enough and bariatric surgery is needed? And who ultimately makes that decision? Does it tend to be the physician that decides this patient needs to go into surgery? Is it something that's done in consultation with the patient and their family? How do we get to that point where we know that's where we're going to go, that's what we're going to do?
1: Well, at some point, the patient will feel that their health is at risk and therefore they they seek help. So they would go to their doctor. They would say, look, I have a problem with my weight. My diabetes is getting worse. My high blood pressure is getting worse. What do I do? Because they're at the point where diet and exercise has not worked. So in consultation with their physician, they then have a referral to a bariatric surgical centre, most often seeing the bariatric surgeon to discuss their options.
0: Okay. So how available is bariatric surgery? And I know this probably depends from patient to patient. But generally speaking, is it something that's available to most people who need it? And if not, what percentage of people who might need bariatric surgery can actually access it?
1: So obesity is recognised as one of the most important public health problems facing the world today. Recent estimates indicate that there are over 300 million adults who are obese globally. Yet, it is estimated that only 1% of the obese population actually undergo bariatric surgery. I believe there are barriers, and the barriers to accessing bariatric surgery are multifactorial, ranging from patient and physician perceptions and attitudes to lack of resources and, of course, the cost burden. But let's start with the patient with obesity. Not all patients want Bariatric surgery. Some are afraid of failing. Some are afraid of commitment. Some recognize their emotional eating. Others have current life stresses and are unable to commit to any form of weight loss program without considerable help. Now, most practitioners recognize the severity of this illness, but have low confidence in their ability to instruct and guide their patients. And I believe educating patients. That the daunting task of managing patients should not fall on the primary care practitioner's shoulders alone. It should be undertaken as a multidisciplinary collaborative effort amongst all providers, including surgeons, dietitians, endocrinologists, and psychiatrists. Financial factors have traditionally been labeled as a major factor associated with the underutilization or bariatric surgical services. I believe many governments around the world are starting to recognise that obesity is a chronic disease and that bariatric surgery has been associated with good weight loss maintenance and decreased mortality. Hence, I believe bariatric surgery is increasingly being covered not only by health insurances, but by public health funding. So as we move to the future, I believe it is important to recognise these barriers and to adopt a multidisciplinary approach in the management of these complex patients.
0: Interesting. Okay, there's a couple of things I want to pick up on there. So firstly, you mentioned that attitudes towards obesity might be an issue. So from that, I take it that you mean that perhaps stigma could be an issue within healthcare systems that perhaps prevents bariatric surgery from being prescribed. Would that be a fair assessment?
1: Yes, definitely. Patients with obesity often suffer from low self-esteem, they are anxious, they feel hopelessness, and they also suffer from body image dissatisfaction. And this is often subjected from the public to alienation, prejudice, and discrimination.
0: Do you think healthcare providers can sometimes prescribe to those stigmatising attitudes and is that a reason why bariatric surgery may not be prescribed when actually it's what that patient might need?
1: Obesity is a complex disease. It involves an excessive amount of body fat. So obesity is not a cosmetic concern. It's a medical problem that increases the risk of other diseases and health problems such as heart disease, diabetes High blood pressure and certain cancers. So, I think the greatest hurdle people with obesity face is stigma and discrimination. And many stakeholders still believe the etiology of obesity is related to their behavior that is, their lack of exercise, they overeat, they have a food addiction, and then they believe that genetics and the environment play a secondary role, and hence the treatment of obesity is really the responsibility of the patient. And so what I believe, what has to change is for all stakeholders to accept that obesity is a disease. It is a chronic disease, no different from diabetes or hypertension, and hence the treatment of obesity should be considered and be covered by our healthcare system.
0: Mm, I completely agree. And what's really interesting is that's something that's come up with previous guests as well. The fact that that stigma within society, within healthcare systems is such a barrier To effective treatment for patients in so many areas. And it's so fascinating that that could be an issue with regards to surgery as well. I'd also like to pick up on the fact that you mentioned some patients may have concerns about getting bariatric surgery. So my next question is, what are the risks associated with bariatric surgery?
1: Every surgical procedure has risks. Bariatric surgery has now become one of the safest surgeries to undergo. It is now considered as safe as when compared to other elective surgeries, such as removing a gallbladder. So the potential risks involved can be considered firstly general risks to any operation, such as bleeding, infection, reaction to the anaesthetic drugs, and cardiac problems. More specifically, the potential risks with bariatric surgery include poor healing, Vomiting, if one eats or drinks more than the size of their new stomach, they may develop intolerances to certain foods, nutritional deficiencies, if their diet is inadequate.
0: Okay, okay, so there's a few different things to consider there. How effective does bariatric surgery tend to be?
1: So most patients having undergone bariatric surgery can expect substantial weight loss. To achieve this, patients are expected to commit to healthy eating and regular exercise. Now, many patients achieve the desired weight loss to get back into a normal, healthy weight range and resolution of their diabetes and sleep apnea and achieve a normal life without medication. So the patient who follows the post-operative diet and exercise instructions can generally expect good results. The patient who does not make lifestyle changes will not lose the desired amount of weight despite successful surgery. So I tell everyone the fundamental key to successful weight loss after surgery is to consume less food for a given level of physical activity. That is, the energy expenditure exceeds overall energy intake. They need to be in a negative balance. In summary, bariatric surgery are designed to help patients eat less, feel satisfied with a small amount of food. And in other words, the operation is the tool. Bariatric surgery gives the individual the tool to help control their food intake.
0: Interesting. Okay, because that relates to another question I wanted to ask, which is there does tend to be a bit of a social discourse, I found, around bariatric surgery, with some people believing it's simply an easy way out. And I suppose what you're saying is that's not the case because there's still a lot of work to be done even after surgery. Is that correct? That's correct. Are some people genetically more likely to have successful bariatric surgery? Do genes play a part at all?
1: I think it's the personality of the patient that determines their success. Genetics and the environment do play a role. But if they're in the right environment with the right help and the multidisciplinary support, they can make their bariatric surgery as successful as they would like to.
0: Okay, interesting. Uh, so on our previous episode, we talked about the impact of obesity on mental health and patient well-being. So could you tell us a little bit about the potential psychological impact of bariatric surgery and on the importance of patient mental health, both before and after receiving surgery?
1: Well, patients with obesity suffer from mental health problems. They suffer from low esteem, they are anxious, they feel hopeless, They do have disordered eating, and they have psychological distress. They also suffer from body image dissatisfaction. They are often subjected to alienation, prejudice, and discrimination. Furthermore, these patients have had repeated attempts to lose weight, and hence their repeated failed attempts aggravate their depressive illness and poor esteem and can contribute to even further weight gain. So numerous studies have reported overall improvement in depressive symptoms, self-esteem, health-related quality of life, and body image after bariatric surgery. And one of the best assessments come from a prospective, well-controlled study of the Swedish obese subjects involving over 4,000 obese patients. In this study, the patients reported a significantly decrease in depression and anxiety in the year after surgery compared to obese controls treated with diet and exercise counselling. And a systematic review of 40 studies have also reinforced these findings as consistent improvement of depression and anxiety after bariatric surgery. Now, interestingly, post-operative weight regain has also been associated with increased depression, indicating that magnitude of mental health gain may be related to the amount of weight loss after surgery. Now, overall, whilst beneficial, one must not also underestimate the expectations of the patient. Patients' expectations that bariatric surgery will undoubtedly change their life may also set themselves up for the psychological failure if their expectations are not met. For example, if their weight loss is slower than expected, they may have a feeling of failure, then in addition to undesirable physical and skin changes and negative reactions from friends and family may actually accentuate their mental health well-being. So I think it is important that these patients are supported by their mental health team before and after bariatric surgery. The preoperative evaluation is critical to identify and follow those at risk of persistent or worsening psychopathology after bariatric surgery. It will help to detail the necessity of post-operative behavioral and lifestyle changes and its effect on weight loss. So I believe long-term post-bariatric surgery follow-up is important to evaluate and support lifestyle changes in these patients so that they have a successful weight loss as well as an improvement in their physical and mental health.
0: Absolutely. And for those patients that do suffer from psychological problems following surgery, does that psychological support tend to be readily available?
1: For all patients having bariatric surgery, regardless of their operation chosen, will face some permanent lifelong changes in both a physical and behavioural sense. And I believe bariatric surgical clinics do have the multidisciplinary team to help these patients navigate their weight loss journey. Now, the psychological support required for these patients will vary depending on their needs. So the support required may range from just helping them realise their expectations, helping them set realistic goals, help them utilise their new tool, that is, learn to engage with their new stomach to form new behaviours and lasting habits. Sometimes you need to teach them simple, mindful eating. For example, I call them the clean plate club, the need to finish everything on their dinner plate. They have to get out of that mindset. They don't have to eat everything and not waste food. So lifestyle coaching is also important, such as to help them eat to satisfy rather than eat to feel full, and to direct behavioral changes. You know, we teach patients to taste the food as we eat it, paying attention to what we are eating and experience the sensory experience of taste, smell, and texture. And I believe most bariatric surgical clinics have a multidisciplinary team to assist their patient's weight loss journey. And this team may include dietitians, psychologists, exercise physiologists, bariatric nurses, and physicians for the patient's journey.
0: Okay, so that's great to know that that support can be available to those who need it. Now, you mentioned previously about the fact that there may be negative reactions from family and friends. So could you tell us a bit more about how social relationships might be impacted by bariatric surgery?
1: So I like to say that bariatric surgery results in more than just a weight change, more than a physical change. It often results in an emotional shift as well. So life after bariatric surgery can bring on a variety of social changes. I'm going to address six of these social changes. Firstly, with the combination of sagging skin, dietary changes and unrealistic expectations that often accompany weight loss surgery, many patients experience worsening depression. Now, we know that depression can be crippling and may even send a patient into an unhealthy spiral of overeating and bring them back to where they were before their bariatric surgery. Secondly, eating is an addiction. So sometimes when you replace one addiction, they may go on to another. So excessive eating is often an addictive behaviour that is at the root of obesity. So to fill the void that food once occupied, bariatric patients may turn to alcohol or other potentially harmful substances. So essentially, one addiction is being traded for another. So it is crucial that patients recognize the dangers of picking up a destructive habit after surgery. And we encourage such patients to take up positive activities such as sport or new hobby, healthy lifestyle changes such as working out, provide great mood-boosting habit to take place of the less positive ones. Thirdly, there are changes in the relationship dynamics. Most patients don't expect their relationship with family or friends to completely change after surgery. However, some see an improvement in their relationship with their partners and that's positive. On the other hand, some may see their loved ones become jealous of their transformation. Often there are others who will try to make patients feel bad when they see them making positive changes because they themselves have trouble dealing with their own insecurities. So preparing patients for these changes is important so that they won't be caught off guard. The fourth issue is insecurity. It is another issue that many post-op patients experience due to how they perceive themselves prior to surgery. Here, counselling or reaching out to someone who has gone through the same ordeal can help the patients move past their insecurities and move forward with their lives. Now, the fifth social problem is that these patients may be getting extra attention. Due to being obese, patients have tried to hide themselves away in their previous lives. With significant weight loss after bariatric surgery, patients might find themselves in the spotlight with compliments and attracting attention. And this sudden surge of attention can make patients vulnerable and exposed. So we need to work to help the patient Accept compliments and use the encouragement to continue their weight loss surgery. And finally, the sixth thing they may experience is anxiety. After weight loss surgery, some will be exposed to a wide range of social situations and new activities. This may result in stress and anxiety that can be challenging and may require these patients' counseling or therapy to get through their anxiety feelings.
0: Okay, so there's certainly a lot of potential things to consider there. So unfortunately, we'll have to wrap things up soon. I think there's a lot more we can discuss. But I want to ask, where can people go to find out more about bariatric surgery? Firstly, medical students and practitioners, where can they find more information from a clinical perspective? And where can patients go to find out more about their options and where to get the support that they need?
1: Well, we can get a lot of information from our IFSO website, so www.ifso.com. There's a lot of information there, ranging from simple advice to surgery and how to get bariatric surgery and what to look in a bariatric surgical clinic.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you joining us to give your insights today. Thank you so much for joining and sharing all of your knowledge and experience.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Alexander.
0: And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. I've been Alexander. I'm the education manager at World Obesity, and this has been the Unlearn to Learn podcast. On the next episode, we'll be joined by Dr. Donna Ryan, where we'll explore obesity during the coronavirus pandemic and the impact the two diseases have on each other. So Professor Cao, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you all for listening. See you next time.